the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. Call him now at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622 and Ask the Lawyer. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Good evening, everybody. For those of you who are new to the show, uh, welcome, but this show is in two parts. The first part, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, we're trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about different things, politics, history, religion, entertainment, nostalgia. And tonight, we're going to be talking to uh, Monsignor Al Lepinto of Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens. Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens. I live in Brooklyn, so we're doing Catholic Charities of Brooklyn (laughs) and Queens and talking about them. And then also, we're going to be talking to an actor I think uh, many of you don't know, but you should be known. His name is Alan Hawko. And he's one of the big stars in Canada, and he's going to be coming to the States in a, in a film next year, we believe. In, in Newfoundland. Yes, and he's from Newfoundland. So I don't know. No, a lot of you know, if you've been following the show over the last few weeks, we've got an awful lot of guests from Louisiana over the last couple of months. We have Congressman Bob Livingston, Congressman Stephen Scalise, and Willie Robertson for Duck Dynasty. So now we're balancing things off where my ancestors are from, uh, at least on my father's side, Newfoundland. We're going to have Alan Hawko, who is a you know, is a newfie, and he's we'll explain been, that. He's been jealous. Yeah, well, <laughs> probably most of you don't know what a newfie is, but a newfie <laughs> is somebody who is either born in Newfoundland or the son or daughter of somebody born in Newfoundland. So I didn't quite make that cut. But Almost. That, Your dad's a newfie, yeah, though. Yeah, my, my dad was a newfie. But in any event, let's start talking a little bit about estate planning and elder law. And, Beth, let's start off with a um, an email question, and we'll get to the, the phone question. All righty. This is from Bobby. Hi. Can a living trust protect my assets from being used to pay for catastrophic medical costs? And the, and the answer to that question is a simple yes. Um, one of the reasons the trust has to be irrevocable, which means we need to have somebody else as a trustee. So in make, most cases, if it's a parent, you have a child acting as trustee, whether it's son, daughter. It could be a trusted nephew or niece. could be anybody who's over 18, not convicted of a crime who's a U.S. citizen, so it's not that restrictive. But the idea is you put assets within a trust controlled by somebody else. They can only use it for your benefit. And that way you're eligible to apply for community Medicaid in New York State. Community Medicaid pays for any medical bills not covered by insurance. So somebody's undergoing, let's say, you know, some they're, they're looking to a, a major medical bill coming up in the near future. We're in December. We put the assets in an irrevocable trust in December, 
And then on January 1st, the first day of the month following the transfer, obviously it's a holiday, so January 2nd, they can apply for community Medicaid, and any medical bills not covered by insurance get picked up by Medicaid. So therefore, those assets are protected from catastrophic illnesses. All right, we got a, a couple of questions on the phone, so let's get James first. Yes, James, what's your question? Is James out there? For the will, I just want to know what kind of responsibilities that entails. Okay, the executor under a will. Basically, assume their assets in the deceased person's name alone. Then the will controls those assets. So it's the job of the executor to collect the assets. Um, first, they have to get court authority to do that, which is why we usually don't want to go through a will. We don't want to have to go through court, go through probate. But first, get to position where the court authorizes you to collect the assets, then collect the assets, make sure all the taxes, if any, are paid, and then follow the terms of the will, who gets what, who receives what. And, you know, sometimes it's a thankless job because some relatives think you should do everything in a day or two, and it takes longer than that. But the, uh, the job of the executor is carry out the terms of the will. It's a very important position. In some cases, you have to, you know, sign tax returns. Sometimes it's relatively easy. You sell a house and you divide it. Sometimes it's a little more complicated because mm-hmm. maybe you have some tax issues and you got people fighting over whatever, and it's not that easy. But the execu- the job of the executive's will is to carry out the terms of the will. That's the person, if you're making a will, that you choose to wrap up your legal financial business matters after you're gone. Okay? Appreciate it. Thank All you right. so much. All right, James. All right. Now we got Kelly. Kelly in Brooklyn. Hello, how are you? Fine, thank you. I just had a question. Now, the difference between the health care proxy versus the power of attorney, if you can give me a couple details and clarify yeah. that for okay. me, please. That's a question a lot of people confuse all the time. The health care proxy is to make medical decisions. So the health care proxy is obviously a written document that's witnessed by two people where you can appoint an agent, again, usually a family member, doesn't have to be, to make medical decisions on your behalf. But that's it, medical decisions. It's very limited. A power of attorney is used usually to make financial decisions. In other words, pay your bills, protect your assets. God forbid somebody has a stroke or another disabling illness. Of course, one of the other things about a power of attorney is that you can use it to apply for benefits in some cases. You know, let's say somebody's got a senior citizen's exemption on the house. They can fill out the forms for that person. There are a lot of things that you can do with a power of attorney. It's a very important document, and it's something that every senior citizen should think about having, a power of attorney where somebody can protect your assets, uh, pay your bills. God forbid, again, you have a stroke or another disabling illness. That's where a power of attorney comes in, a durable power of attorney. A healthcare proxy is used to make medical decisions. They're both important documents. Some people use the same, let's say if they have children, they use the same child to do both. Some other families... You know, they might have one child in charge of the health care decisions and one child in charge of the financial decisions. You know, most people, you know your children, you make your choice. But did I explain the question enough? I guess we lost. All right, that's great. Okay. That's All right, great. Though. No, that clarifies it. Thank you All so right. much. Okay, so we lost that for a second. All right. All right, now, each week Kevin McCullough answers or takes one of our clients' questions and, and asks them on the air. So let's go to Kevin McCullough right now. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every single week we promise that we're going to get a lawyer, uh, Michael Connors of Connors & Sullivan, to answer one of your tough legal questions about estate care or elder law. And, Mike, this week's question comes from Margaret who says, Mike, what is a fiduciary? Mike Connors. 
Uh, you, you know, it's a, a relatively easy question. Fiduciary comes from the Latin for trust, and it's the person you trust to handle things. The fiduciary could be the executor under your will. It could be the trustee under your trust. It could be the person you point as PAV attorney. In other words, it's a legal term where you appoint someone to handle things for you, and they're your fiduciary. They owe you a level of care to do the right thing. You don't just give somebody the money. They, they owe you a duty to do the right thing, to follow your wishes. The person you trust, that's the fiduciary. And you really need to consider um, all those types of qualities in the person before you name the person that. Right. You know, when we start doing a trust agreement, you know, the first question is, do you trust this person? Because the trust, it's not just a word. Do you trust that person? Yeah. Well, friends, maybe you've got a question about how to set up a trust for your family uh, to make sure that they are well protected. Uh, there are no better people in all the tri-state area dealing with it than Mike Connors and the team at Connors and Sullivan. Call them today. Five locations. They're eager to meet and uh, help you uh, dis- discover what you need to do uh, to be in good shape. 718-238-6500 is that phone number. 718-238-6500. You can also drop more questions to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. And, of course, Mike Connors can be heard Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 570 The Mission and Saturday evenings at 6 on AM 970 The Answer, where he answers even more of your questions on Ask the Lawyer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, again, and you can listen to Kevin each Monday through Friday on 970 The Answer at 5 o'clock. Of course, at 5 o'clock Wednesdays, it's Cats at Night with Kevin McCullough, and he has a show at 4 o'clock that day. And, of course, on our sister station, WMCA 570, Kevin is on every day, at, every day Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock. And, you know, Kevin just reminded you again, if, if let's say you want to catch one of our interviews of what, one of our uh, guests or whatever and you, you heard part of it or you wanted to hear it again, each Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, this show is repeated at 8 o'clock on 570, The Mission. Like this morning I woke up and I was listening to, you know, Father Paul talk about, his mission in the Middle East, and of course Willie Robertson, and I kind of liked that interview when I, <laughs> I heard it the second time. Well, in any event, we're running just a little bit behind, so we need to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're li- listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. I'm in a good place in my life, and I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with, and a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable. I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at catholicscomehome.com. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. 
Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got a question for Mike? Call him at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Okay, well, welcome back again. Uh, Again, our two interviews tonight, Monsignor Alfred Lepinto, Catholic Charities of, of Brooklyn and Queens. And, you know, Catholic Charities, they do a great job. And, and you can't believe the number of programs they run. You know, I think there are 160 different programs. for, for the, They run the nursing home in St. Joachim's and St. Anne's, uh, ha- housing for veterans, for seniors. You know, it, it's doing the work of the church. And so we're going to be talking to the CEO of Catholic Charities, Monsignor Lepinto, in, in just a few minutes. Now, after that, again, we're going to Alan Hawko. Alan Hawko, we got it. I got introduced to him for my son. He was watching, uh, you know, a TV series, and first he said, you know, uh, it's, it's about two Irish detectives, and I tuned it on. And wait a minute, they're driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> they're not in Ireland, and of course they were Newfoundland, and, and of course Newfoundland is, uh, you know, heavily has a heavily Irish influence on it. So it, it's hard to tell the difference, except they do drive on the right side of the road <laughs> in Newfoundland. So. And Alan Hawko, the, the, this the series Republic of Doyle, and murder happens at the beginning of the show usually <laughs> every week, and he, the father and son detective, Alan plays the son detective, go around and they go stumbling off one place <laughs> or another, and eventually they find out who the murderer is. Of course, no one's ever really killed in Newfoundland. So. Right. Well, that's well, we talk about that later. There's no. Uh, one time I was talking to a, a brother Moffat who was stationed in Newfoundland for a few years, a Christian brother, and I was telling him about the series, and he says, "How can you do a crime series in Newfoundland? There's no crime." <laughs> but <laughs> that's what they're doing, and of course. The other series that he's been in that you can check on Netflix right now is Frontier. You see, Newfoundland in in the summer is Republic of Doyle. Newfoundland <laughs> in the winter is Frontier. And it's a pretty miserable place. Well, that show, is, I mean, that's a rugged show. Oh, Republic of Doyle, anybody can watch it and lots of fun. But I'm telling you, Frontier is... Oh, that's tough. Rough, tough stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, they're fighting in the fur trade back in the... Uh, latter part of the 18th century, and it's a, uh, you know, it, they say it's based on history. I don't know. I'm missing something it's in there. Murderous. But, yes. But very violent area. But in any event, Alan Hawko from the Republic of Doyle and Frontier, and there's a hit Canadian uh, series that he's on right now, Caught, because everything he does in Canada is a hit, you know, and, and very intelligent guy. You can tell that. Now, um, Beth, do you have another email question we can get in before the next break? I do indeed. Break. We got lots of them. Um, this one's from Jane. Can my power of attorney agent make purchases for themselves without first cons- con- um It says consenting me, but... Without consulting you. Yeah, yeah. consulting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, and that's a problem with a power of attorney. You know, a, a power of attorney, if you're going to use everything, is gives the power of attorney very broad language. And they can do almost anything. And the reason we need that is because, you know, if you get sick, you don't want to have everything being questioned. If if you don't trust a person enough to do a power of attorney, then don't do the power of attorney. Or you can put language in there. You can put language in a power of attorney that someone cannot use it unless a medical doctor uh, certifies that you're not me- uh, mentally able to handle your own affairs. 
So in other words, let's say you're 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 in between our path attorney. You know, you, you trust your nephew or niece, but eh, maybe you have a reservation. So maybe we put a clause in the power of attorney that they can't use the power of attorney unless they have a letter from your medical doctor uh, saying that you're mental, you're not, you don't have the capacity to, to handle all your bills and pay all your bills and handle your legal and financial matters. Now that can be, you know, and, and you got to be careful what you wish for too, because sometimes you get in that situation, you trust your son or daughter implicitly. And you want to give them power of attorney, but you still use that, um, you know, that clause we're just talking about. And then sometimes you can't get a doc- doctor to sign it. I mean, I was once in a situation where there, there was a lawyer who did one of these uh, powers of attorney, and he was in a coma. And his doctor said, well, he could come out of a coma. So I don't know if he, he has capacity to pay his own bills. And we lost two to three months of not being able to pay bills because the guy was in a coma and the doctor wouldn't sign the letter. And... You know, that's especially if you don't have a family doctor you can work with. You know, if, you, if you're if you in an institution, you're in a hospital, sometimes you're dealing with bureaucracies, and those bureaucracies can be very difficult. So, you know, I, I know I'm not answering the question. You have to be very careful who you give your power of attorney to. You can put some restrictions on there. Yes, uh, they can't use the power of attorney unless a medical doctor s- says so, but at the same time, uh, you know, the medical doctor may be co- may not be cooperative when the time comes. And remember, you can say, "Oh, that's fine. I got I got a family doctor right now. He'll work with them. They'll do that." But when the time comes, twenty or thirty years from now, that that family doctor may be dead or retired. And you know, so it's not always that easy. It's one of those things you got to talk about. And of course, one of the things we could do to compromise it a little bit, you know, we could hold the original. The office could hold the original power of attorney and only release it, you know, when the the, the person on the power of attorney, whoever it is. Uh, we verify that they're in the hospital or something like that. But, you know, it, it, these kind of things, it, it, it's hard to come with an answer without a conversation. Sometimes even when you have the conversation, it's hard to come with an answer. But if you want to come in and talk to us about it, you can give us a call at, at Connors & Sullivan. We don't charge for the initial consultation on any things. Uh, the phone number is 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. As you've heard before, we've got offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island and Manhattan. We don't charge for the first consultation. Come in and we'll talk about it. At this point, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. 
That's jwcigiving.org. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. We're coming into the Christmas season, and when we come into the Christmas season, we should think about helping those that are less fortunate than we are. And in in that vein, we're talking to Monsignor Al Lapinto, head of Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens. Welcome to Connors Corner. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having us again this year. And uh, we're delighted to uh, have this opportunity to talk about the work of Catholic Charities. As you know, we have 160 programs uh, throughout Brooklyn and Queens. We service people in multi-languages. We now have a call-in center. Uh, people can call in 718-722-60001, and we can help people in English, Spanish, Creole, Russian, Chinese, and a number of, and a number of other languages uh, that we're able to serve in. In addition to our call-in center, we also have our walk-in centers, one located out in Jamaica, at a, and the other is located in downtown Brooklyn. Again, you can reach those call-in centers. You can reach the walk-in centers through the centers. And through those, uh, we're able to connect you to the food pantries. Uh, If it's a housing issue, we can connect you to our home-based program, uh, which is a homeless prevention program. Uh, We can connect you to all of our senior services, our senior centers. Um, We can uh, help you with the application for senior housing. Um, We can help you with management, uh, senior case management. Also, if there's a need for meals to be delivered delivered into the home uh, for an elderly person who's a shut-in, we can help with arranging for that service to be brought to you. On the other end, uh, we do have a number of uh, early childhood centers Um, which are offering early childhood Head Start as well as Head Start. And those centers are all operating under the Montessori program. So it's a great opportunity for the children because it is a very unique approach to education, which is more than just rote learning. It's the opportunity for the full development of the child at the earliest point in their life, getting them ready for a very successful school experience. Now, how many programs do you have in Catholic charities of Brooklyn and Queens? And we have to say Brooklyn and Queens because there are other, there are other uh, dia- there's the Archdiocese, and I think they have a number of different services. They have a number of different services in the Archdiocese, and then there's a Catholic Charities in Rockville Center, which covers Nassar and Suffolk. So we cover Brooklyn and Queens, We have, as I say, 160 sites. We have five mental health clinics. Um, We have uh, 4,500 apartments that we manage, uh, 31 senior buildings. We have housing for people with special needs. We have housing for families. uh, And we have supportive housing for the formerly homeless. Oh, it's a quite a variety. And we go from early childhood, actually infant care in one of our child care centers, all the way through to the nursing home, St. Joachim and Ann, that we operate 
out in Coney Island, a 200-bed facility in Coney Island, which has both short-term and long-term care. Now, as far as I know, St. Joachim's and Sands is the only Catholic nursing home in Brooklyn. Not in Brooklyn and Queens, but in Brooklyn. It's the only Catholic nursing home in Brooklyn, in Queens. Uh, we are associated with uh, Ozenum, which is in Bayside, uh, and that's the only Catholic nursing home, short-term, long-term care in Queens. Somebody wants to contribute to Catholic charities. How much of their contribution goes to services? At this point, 95% or 95 cents of every dollar goes into providing service. Okay, so, you know, that's whenever you get over 90%, that's great. Yeah. How are you able to we're provide able, that much we're able, service? We're able to do that um, primarily because of the way our programs are structured. Um, and that allows us the freedom to basically use the dollars that we get for adding on to the services. I'll give you an example. Um, this year, we actually were able, through the donated dollars, to set up two employment programs for young adults, one in Brooklyn and one out in Queens. Those programs are dealing with young people, basically 16, 17-year-old who had dropped out of school, who are now in our internship program. Okay, They're getting um, opportunity to get their GEDs. They're getting placement in, in, in job positions where they're learning work skills. You know, And the hope is, again, that this can help them rebuild their lives. And, and get a step forward uh, by getting the GED, having that work experience, and beginning to see that work has a positive value in their lives and is, has the opportunity to, to open doors for them into the future. Yeah, because the idea is not just to give them money to get through the short term. It's to help their future careers. Their, you know, yeah, it's, uh, Rather than give them a fish, you want to teach them how to fish. Right. And that's certainly in all of our programs, that's the uh, real aim. So that, see, when a family comes uh, to home base and is on the verge of homelessness, okay, we're looking at the totality of the person, the totality of the family, so that if the issue is, again, short-term, we can provide some of that assistance, but if the issues also have to deal with internal family problems, we can connect them to our mental health clinics so that, again, they have the supports that they need in that arena. Uh, if the children need to be in some type of early childhood, we can connect them to that. It's the same on the side of the early childhood. We're not just dealing with the child. We're dealing with the family. So in many situations, uh, when they come, the family, you'll begin to see that there are stresses in regard to living situation. Uh, there might be a need for job training. Uh, there might be a need for mental health services. Maybe they're dealing with drug addiction, and we can get them into our drug rehab program. So again, you want to deal with people in a holistic fashion, you know, because there are never what we would call isolated problems, okay? 
everything comes in the larger context. And a lot of times the other thing you have is that uh, the individuals or the families are very isolated. And so this gives them a way of getting connected into what we like to call Catholic charities, the family, uh, that they can find that support going forward. I know you might find this is a simple or stupid question, but to some extent, but do you have to be Catholic to be involved with the Catholic no. Charities family? No. We do not ask in any way, shape, or form as to their religious background, their ethnic or racial background. We are there in the fashion of Jesus, which is that if somebody comes and they're dealing with stress in their life, we're there to walk and assist them through the healing process so that hopefully getting their life back together, they can go on to a meaningful and a joy-filled life. All right, so you don't have to be Catholic to call no, for help. You don't have to be Catholic to call for help. That's and you don't have to be Catholic to make a contribution. No, you don't have to be Catholic to make a contribution either. You can make a contribution by either calling us, um, sending your donation to 191 Geralaman Street, Catholic Charities, Brooklyn and Queens, or go online uh, to our website, and you can make a donation through that, through that system also. Prior to this, we had former NHL hockey player John Potvin. Can you just tell the audience where he is? Because, uh, you, you know, with the Islander games, a lot of people on the station yeah. you know, were fans of John. Oh, yes. John had a great history with the Islanders. Uh, four, uh, four cups. Uh, John, unfortunately, because of health reasons, uh, had to resign. And we are still in touch with him. And we're hoping that the doctors can get to the bottom of what is uh, the underlying causes of his illness at this point and come up with an effective treatment program for him. So let's remember him in our prayers. Let's do that. That's a, a good man who did a good job. Yep. And who continues to be out there wanting to do things, but again, uh, because of health reasons, is finding himself somewhat restricted at this point. Can you go, go through one program which maybe the public is not aware of, you think that doesn't get a lot of publicity? I know you do some work for homeless veterans. Yes, we have housing for homeless veterans at this point in our caring communities. And again, we do that in coordination with the Veterans Administration so that, again, we provide the housing, they provide some of the social services, but we also have social services on site for them. And we're also able to provide them with other opportunities. But the biggest thing is that the veterans who have come into our programs, into the housing programs, were homeless veterans. They were living in the street. I think it's most people are not aware of the extent of homelessness among veterans. Uh, one of the estimates here in the city of New York was over 10,000 homeless veterans. 10,000 homeless veterans. And I assume, but I don't assume anything, I would assume most of them are younger veterans? Mix Vietnam, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. You know, yeah. Some are older, but some are also younger, uh, dealing with really trying to find their way back into society, dealing with the the PTSD, the uh, you know, number of different things. I mean, these people saw things that, how can I put it, 
they saw things that one should not see in life. And they lost friends, associates in horrendous conditions, under horrendous conditions. Uh, they were operating in, you know, for want of a better word, and I'll probably get in, t- in trouble for using it, but they were operating in alien societies uh, where you had real conflicts of values, and they were exposed to that. And that really played with their mental health. And so they come home, and unfortunately, all of the services that should be made available to them are not readily available to them. And many of them do end up in the street. I think a lot of veterans, especially the recent veterans, have no idea of some of the benefits that are available to them. I think that's probably true, Michael, that they don't have that. And, you know, I I think and in fairness, I think the Veterans uh, Administration attempts to do the best they can, but they're very limited uh, in the resources available to them. Um, I think many of the, uh, the the veterans themselves, because of a lot of the negative publicity that has gone around around the Veterans Administration, are reluctant to attach them or reach out for assistance. So uh, it makes it a very difficult life um, to come back here. And I think one of the biggest issues that they face is loneliness. Because, again, in that environment when they were in the military, high structure, close-knit communities, and then they come back here and you don't find that structure as they try to refashion their lives, and they don't have that same uh, connectedness. In many cases, they're very estranged. Um, And so that adds to the the difficulties that they face. Again, where can somebody find out about the programs that are available for Catholic Charities? And if somebody's interested in making a donation, where would they go? They can find out about the programs by calling... Our call-in center, uh, 718-722-6001, or they can go to our website, which is www.ccbq.org. If they wish to make a donation, they can send that directly to uh, Catholic Charities, Brooklyn and Queens, 191 Geralaman Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11201, or they can go to the website to make their donation. Okay, and then on that website, they can find everything within reason that you can find. Right. And information you can on find. On the website, they can find information about the programs, uh, opportunities for volunteer work, uh, you know, a whole host of, of information. And then by going down into the website, they can get access to specific information, say if they're interested in housing, uh, they can figure out, they can find out how to get the application, where they would, in a sense, who they would contact for the application. Uh, Certainly for the senior housing, uh, applications are required. Uh, All of those housing have certain uh, income uh, restrictions, but the beauty of the housing is that those who come into the housing never pay more than 30% of whatever their income is. 
for the apartment. And it's a safe environment. And it's a safe environment, and it's an environment that we're actually uh, building on. We have now 24-7 security in all of the buildings, and we're actually hoping by the spring of this year to have access to medical services in each of the buildings. Very good. Monsignor Lapinto, thank you for being on Connor's Quarter. Thank you, Michael, for having us. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash Melia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank. NMLS number 403503. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. As some of you know, my son Michael went to school in Canada at uh, McGill University, and he was up there. He, he saw a TV series he, he enjoyed tremendously. And a few years ago, he told me about it, and we found it on Netflix. The name of the series was Republic of Doyle, and we're very, very happy to have the star of that series, Alan Hawko. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great, man. How are you doing? Now, you can get... Republic of Doyle on Netflix. So can you can tell the audience what it's about, where it's placed, where are you from, and so forth? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Republic of Doyle is a, an hour-long uh, procedural comedy drama show that I created and uh, show ran. Um, and we shoot it and shot it in a place called uh, Newfoundland, which is on the East Coast of Canada. And Newfoundland has a real, uh, real interesting kind of cultural flavor to it in that our immigrant we're 
the fact, you know, we were founded by Irish immigrants in, you know, late 1500s. So there's a real Irish and unique charm and, and culture about the place. I'm from there. I live there. And the show was conceived with the idea of like a Rockford Files in that small town, kind of like uh, what the UK did with like the Hamish Macbeth and those kind of shows. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Okay, and, and you know, like every week somebody gets murdered. <laughs> Not every week. Well, every on your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we you, you, you play the first couple of seasons we played with as many different types of crimes as you could kind of get away with without capital crimes. But then eventually it does lead you to a higher stakes when you're writing a, a cop show, even though we were PIs, private sectors. Um, you do end up having to write yourself into the high stakes murder game, which is not what Newfoundland, <laughs> it's not what Newfoundland is about. Yeah, I was I was talking to a uh, Christian brother who was who was up in St. John's for a few years. And I, to- I told him about the series and he says, well, how can you do a crime series in St. John's? There's no murders. Yeah, it, was the tongue, it has a tongue in cheek quality to it. It is a dramedy. There's a lot of, you know, you've seen it. It's a, a lot of comedy as well mixed with the drama. So as as seriously as, as you could take it, the show itself doesn't take itself too seriously. And everyone in Canada, you know, which is what the show was initially written for Canadian audience first, you know, they would all know that it's a bit of a joke that we would have that many, you know, shysters and criminals and con people and because it, it is really the plots are always intertwined with my character Jake Doyle getting himself into all kinds of precarious don't necessarily naturally live there in that province you know right it's fun and another thing too it's always sunny and you know you have long days and everything else do you ever have winter up in Newfoundland buddy we have winter let me tell you yeah. we have a winter that that uh, you guys uh, I have never have never experienced. But it's too hard to shoot. We do a new series called Frontier that's a Netflix original that we do shoot in the winter, and it uh, it is barbaric <laughs> to shoot outside. It's not pretty. So we shot Republic of Dole basically from, from uh, July right into usually November. We'd get a little bit of winter near the end. You can see it in some of the seasons, but... Um, we usually get a pretty good solid chunk of time where the weather's decent from in that time frame. But May, you know, May in Newfoundland is pretty much covered in fog and rain. So you really got to kind of, if you're going to visit Newfoundland, which I highly recommend, it is one of the most beautiful places in the world. You want to go and, Late July, August is usually our, our finest weather time. Okay, we'll give that a shot. Now, Frontier, you started to mention that. Now that's a completely different show. What is that about? And you're you're one of the producers of that of that series. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we started a company called Take the Shop Productions, and we've gone on to produce a number of different shows um, since Republic of Doyle that we write and produce in Newfoundland and shoot. And Frontier is a, a fur trade series um, – uh, turn of the 18th century, 70, set in 1780. Jason Momoa uh, of uh, Justice League and Aquaman, he's our lead in that show, and he plays uh, a native indigenous, uh, half-indigenous guy, half-European uh, guy, uh, who is involved in the fur trade and is a kind of at war with the Hudson Bay Company. And it's based on historical uh, you know, fact, but it's also like a really interesting, cool, you know, blood and and war driven drama it's really really interesting and we're we just premiered our third season on netflix the netflix original series and it's uh 
it's a huge tale. Six episodes every season. It's really worth the watch. It's our feedback for that show has been really, really, it's been really successful. One of the interesting things there, you have the clash of all the cultures. Uh, can you just th- throw that in? I mean, some of the characters, where are they from? Where's your character from in, in, in the series? Yeah, my character is a Scott. He's from Scotland. So you're dealing with the kind of like the, the creation of what is now the, the, the formation of both of our countries, you know, Canada and, and the creation of that border, uh, Canada and the U.S. And it's the first North American's first capitalist enterprise. You know how history and you think about all the wars that were fought over silk and over, you know, various things. It was, you know, the founding of our two nations was, and, and the capitalism, as we know, it was founded over beaver pelts which is just staggering when you think about that. And it's, but it was real, you know, high stakes. And, and uh, there's all of these different cultures are clashing. Of course, there's all the various different indigenous tribes and, and groups uh, um, who are being invaded by the Europeans. And they're all sort of fighting for their place. And that's a big part of the show. And there's also the European uh, invaders in terms of the HBC, the British, there's the French influence, which was you know huge across our country at, the, at that time. England and France were fighting for that position, as well as Americans who were fighting for their place and what is the border and being a part of this trade. And I play one of the Europeans from Scotland who owns a fur trading company. That's everybody's fighting for their supper at the highest stakes game possible because you're out in that wilderness and in the middle of literally nowhere fighting to survive. And it's, it's pretty cool. It has. And I enjoy the series. I love history and anything that's, you know, historical fiction or whatever I love. So, but one thing I, I haven't seen anything about is your, is it your current series or is it out caught? Caught. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and we haven't, we haven't done a deal in the U S yet, so it hasn't gotten to you. So uh, Republic of Doyle is on Netflix and obviously Frontier is on Netflix, but caught, is uh, I'm actually right now in the writing room uh, putting together season two. And season one aired in Canada in February uh, this year. And we're working on a season two, but they're short seasons. They're, uh, it's almost like a limited miniseries, five, five episodes a season. So hopefully once we get another season done, maybe a third, they'll be sold as a package to the U.S. or maybe even, uh, you know, uh, what I'd prefer is that a, an American partner, an American broadcaster, was to come on board for a season two, and then carry season one and two at the same time? But you know, when you start kind of coming up with ideas for TV shows, all these business details kind of get in there, and you, you, it's you know, it's a it's a weird treasure map that you got to go find all of these different things to make one of these shows happen. It's kind of a miracle, but it's a really cool show. It's set in the '70s. I play a guy who busts out of prison. Uh, to get revenge on his old partner and in crime because they were drug dealers, uh, you know, long before Canada made marijuana legal, <laughs> obviously. And it's kind of based on a lot of true stories, a lot of lore from the place where I'm from, some real guys. But it takes place across country, the country of Canada and uh, in Colombia and Mexico. It's pretty neat. Now, you say where you're from. Where are you from? Newfoundland. But what part? Or yeah. uh... St. John's, Newfoundland. St. John's, well, I was born okay. On yeah, I was born on an island called Island, which was a mining town, but I grew up in, in a place called the Goulds, which is just outside St. John's. The Avalon Peninsula is how we'd say it. All right. Well, do you know what's next? Or are you still working on court, yeah. I guess? 
Well, yeah, but I've done three different series. I can't talk about one of them, but it was a big U.S. series. Um, I was the only Canadian in the show, so that. Uh, but we haven't uh, been allowed to release my involvement in that yet. So whenever they give us the go ahead, we could talk again, maybe because okay. it's a big one. It's a really cool, big, big show that I shot all summer and into September, and it was a, a lot of fun. We were on location um, in a very cool part of the world doing that. And uh, I've done a couple of other shows and a couple other things here and there, but you know it's hard for me to act in other work because I'm writing and producing these shows that we do. So it's a balancing act. It's a, it's certainly an embarrassment of riches in terms of having the opportunity to do the thing you love to do. So I'm not complaining, but it is fun to kind of walk on someone else's set and just be a performer. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Do you see yourself as an actor or as a writer, producer? What do you see yourself as? Well, actor first for sure because that was my like the writing is a is a big drive always has been you know but I come from the theater I trained at the National Theater School and when I graduated school worked in in theaters across the country uh, never moved to the you know the LA game to be to go chase that dream it was always about kind of creating my own work so I started my own theater company with a friend of mine Phil Riccio uh, in 2003 in Toronto, which is still alive today, still going strong. And, uh, you know, it was always about creating my own opportunities. So I think the producing is a, is a means to an end, you know, and, but I, I do have a love for it, but first and foremost is, is how do I be the best actor I can be? And then writer, probably. Those in the audience out there, Netflix, Republic of Doyle, Frontier, and you can see the person that I'm talking about, Alan Hawko. Listen, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's a very entertaining series, you know, Republic of Doyle and Frontier. Thank you for doing that because, you know, I, I hate to say it, but if I watch TV here in the States, I don't think we get that quality. Well, that is very kind of you to say, man. And it's a, it's a, Republic of Doyle was a lifelong passion project for me and my partners. And, it uh, changed my whole life, and it was it was one of the most fun experiences that uh, an actor, a writer, could ever have. I think so. Uh, I'm glad. It's very nice to hear that that uh, people across the world are appreciating it, and yourself. Uh, I appreciate those kind of words. All right. Well, thank you again, Alan. Thank you for coming on Connor's Corner. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. All right. So. So are you happy? Somebody yeah, from Newfoundland. From somebody from Newfoundland. <laughs> now, now that's not too far from where your folks were, Avalon Peninsula. Right, right. Well, you know what? Uh, a couple of cousins visited from Newfoundland a couple of months ago during the summer, and there's going to be a Connors family reunion in July 2020. And of course, yeah. Alan Hawke said, "Come up there." Well, in July, normally I would say, "Oh, let's go. Oh, let's go." But how long does it take to get on that ferry? It's a long ferry ride. Now, you could fly up there, too, but uh, oh I don't know. Gosh. And what about Otto? Yeah, well, that's the problem. I don't think Otto would like to fly up there. So, no, so it's a long ferry ride. 18 hours? Did I hear that right? Or something like that? On one of the like ways. That? Yeah, one of the ferries. It depends. You can drive a little bit you know, sh- shorter in there or something oh like that. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, and, 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 you know, again, the funny <laughs> So, if you want to see Newfoundland in the summer, Watch Republic of Doyle if you want to see Newland in the winter. Watch Frontier. Frontier. And we were watching Frontier last Sunday or something. And some of those scenes there, it was brutal. Oh, my God. And I'm not just talking about the weather. Yeah, well, the weather is... (laughs) Everything's brutal. (laughs) Can I say something real quick? Yes, go ahead. Okay. 
Merry Christmas. The the music and everything is wonderful. What we don't say is Matt puts together from the radio station here puts together our theme song Golden Years, which is a David Bowie classic. Well, there's a Christmas classic that David Bowie did with Bing Crosby, which is just wonderful. They do a little drummer boy in Peace on Earth. Get on YouTube, and if you can see that, it's it's old coming together with new, and it's wonderful. Okay, well, you know, I think we're pretty close to David Kincaid saying goodbye, so Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this all the way. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this all the way. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.